Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester. Simon, how are you? I'm fine, Jackie. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. What have you been up to? I've just been thinking about the recent passing of Sean Connery. Oh, that was sad, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, he was the best Bond. Do you agree with me? I don't, Simon. Don't you? No, I'm a Roger Moore fan. Right, I did like him in Live and Let Die. I think it's whichever Bond you're introduced to first. Yeah. And I think mine was Roger Moore. Right. Well, mine was Sean uh, back in 62. Uh, he did about... Seven or eight films, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> uh, I mean, he looked fantastic, didn't he? Yeah, it was, it was the perfect cool. Bond. I love the the suits he wore as yeah. well. The they suits. Were so sharp, weren't they? The cars. He was tall, dark yeah. and handsome. It was the best Bond car, you know, at the time. The Aston Martin. Just beautiful, beautiful car. Yeah, he was, really. he was perfect as Bond, wasn't he? I just quite liked the fact that Roger Moore had that twinkle in his eye. And yes, was he did. Cheeky. Yeah, he started off, um, played at the Opera House in Manchester, met Michael Caine there. Sean Connery? Yeah, yeah. Wow. In the late 50s, and got a taste for the theatre and everything. Did a bit of grave digging, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah, uh, but, you know, before that. Soon got out of that. So, so he did really well, didn't he? He was also very good in a film called The Hill, which is about like an army camp. It must have been in Africa somewhere. And there's this hill made of sand, the sergeant major makes everybody climb up this hill. You know, it's really hard work walking up the sand. Really good black and white film. Oh, I've never seen that. Have you yeah. seen The Man Who Would Be King? No. With Michael Caine? No, I've heard of it. Oh, you need to watch that. Yeah. Obviously, the Bond films will go on forever and ever, won't they? Yes. Who do you think is going to be the next Bond? Idris Elba, maybe. Maybe. That'd be a good call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think it'd be good, look, wouldn't it? Yeah, he'd look fantastic. Yeah, sharp as well, wouldn't it? I've always found Daniel Craig didn't quite... I don't know. He looked like a bouncer on a, you know, on a nightclub. <laughs> right, that's a bit cruel. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... I just don't think he had... I don't know what it is. You know, that extra bit that you need. I think Piers Brosnan did well. Yeah, Piers Brosnan. I love him. I loved him in Long Good Friday. Just brilliant. You know, very menacing he was in there. What about putting yourself forward, Simon? <laughs> no, I'd have to lose a lot of weight. <laughs> Why has Daniel Craig packed it in there? Yes, oh yeah. Well, he said it a couple of times, hasn't he? That this right. is it, this is his last one. They've got one in the can, haven't they? That's delayed. Yes. Because they won't make any money. And what do you think about a female James Bond? Is that a no-no? Um, in this day and age, I think it's a yes-yes. Oh, do you? Yeah. Why not James Bond? You know, we're Why living not? in 2020. Jane Bond. We're all equal. Uh, you know, men and women. Uh, same with the pop game. You know, it's great to see so many women singers. So, yeah, um, I'd, have a, I'd have a girl doing it, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what letter are we up to this well, week? Well, we're on the, the letter X. <laughs> My first X is X Factor TV talent show, for want of a better word. I'm not, I've never been a real fan of it, except when Rowetta was on, because I was doing a project with her and Adrian Flanagan, who I've mentioned, who was in The Fall briefly, and now works with Maxine Peake in Moon Landings. 
basically she we didn't know she was doing this but we saw her on tv and she she dropped us like a stone <laughs> but i don't blame her she had a bit of a you know a bit of banter with simon cowell i think he liked her you know what i mean yeah she did well didn't she she, she, def- did. she definitely got through to the live finals i remember that yeah she was on it more than once i remember but uh pop pop stars is that what it was called the first series oh pop idol pop idol i did watch that one because i knew one of the judges um because he worked for polydor records who i knew um, when i was working with ian you know and he'd come out to these uh, video you know the tv shows and all that is that the one will young one yeah he did yeah ah, okay. i like will young's voice oh he's fantastic and he's good and i met him once in the peppermint lounge in town uh, about five years ago he was dead cool on his own and I sort of looked at him, hiya, mate, you know. And he, he was, he was really nice anyway, Will Young, yeah. And I've seen him a couple of times live, you know, at festivals over the years. So, yeah, the X Factor. Who else have they had girls allowed? Did they win it? Um, yes, they won it. And One Direction didn't win it, but obviously did really well. Right. What do you think about um, TV talent competition shows? Well, people always like them with the opportunity knocks years ago and new faces. You know, people like a bit of a competition uh, between, you know, the entrants. Uh, So I think that's quite good. It does sort of drag on a bit, I think. You know, the series. And they'll go, oh, go, here we go again, you know, at Simon's house in uh, Nice or whatever. <laughs> you don't see much sort of friction like you would do on Big Brother, keep them all separate, back when they live in that. There's definitely a formula, isn't there, to the show? Yeah, definitely, they yeah. They keep with the formula each series. Yeah. My yeah. worry is just for, you know, to give people that much exposure um, and, and to sort of give them a taste of that life. And then and take then, it away. And or, suddenly it's gone, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's happened to a few people. You know, they're quite cruel, I think. But that's show business, you know, it's a ruthless game. <laughs> it's, it really is. Right, my next X, um, they're not from Manchester, but the band X-Ray Specs, which is polystyrene, the singer, the punk band, Friends of the Sex Pistols, well, she was anyway. You know, went to a lot of the Pistols' early gigs in 76... I think uh, John Lydon encouraged her. Big personality on stage, and the first record was Bondage Up Yours, um, which you must have heard. Oh, Bondage Up Yours. <laughs> it's quite a loud thing. It's got my old friend, the saxophone on it. <laughs> Nevertheless, I bought it and I liked it. She had a great image, and she used to have big braces on the teeth. Like big silk, like Jaws out of Jaws Bond, James Bond, in fact. And uh, they, well, they carried on from seventy six, seventy seven up to nineteen ninety one, and she sadly passed for a couple of years. Well, not this year, but uh, I've been to the Polyfest, which is a polystyrene tribute night down in London. The Half Moon Putney was one night. And we did one at the uh, Dublin Castle in Camden. Oh, and you were you playing? I played with a lot of people, including Melanie Williams and my old mate Neville Staple from the specials and did Message to You, Rudy, with him on the kit. And uh, also did this uh, drum-off with Dave Barbarossa from Adam and the Ants. We did um, Dance with the Devil by Cozy Powell, which is another great record that I bought. 72, I think, 73. It's like a drum solo with some lovely ethereal backing vocals. 
you know, the two of us, you know, had a kit and did that last time. I think I might have done a song with the vapors turning Japanese as well. And how do you know how to? How do you know all the songs? I mean, are they telling you beforehand? So you yeah, we sort of uh, sort it out between yourselves. Um, can you do this song and that song with such and such a person? You basically just listen to it, you know, and uh, just just put you in the picture. So you've got a rough idea how it's going. Can you do it just by listening to it once? Yeah, some songs. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, that's how I've learned. I've never had lessons. I don't read the dots. And that's how I, I, you know, how I learned to play, basically. So, uh, yeah, you just got to listen. And, uh, you know, all those times watching Topper Redden play with The Clash, um, you know, when I gave up my education, um, I learned bits and bobs of what, you know, some of his chops that I used in, you know, later life with different people. So, yeah, polyfast. Uh, I hope they come and do it again. Polystyrene's daughter, Celeste Bell, she, she brought a book out about a mother, um, which I bought, like a coffee table book. Uh, it's really interesting. And she's a singer as well. And did she organise the festival? No, this was somebody else. But she was there, you know, as a patron sort of thing. And I think they're doing a film, a crowdfunder, that's been going on quite a while, I think, to get, you know, the funds to put this film together about a mum and the band. So, yeah, that's X-Ray Specs. My next X is the X generation, um, which is a generation of people, myself included, who kind of left school during the Thatcher years, in the late 70s there. You know, the old country was a mess. The Falkland Wars going on, you know, in the early 80s. There was a lot of unemployment, basically, shutting down all the, the miners' pits, you know, all over. Pretty depressing, rubbish on the street, you know, strikes, no electric. But uh, a lot of unemployment, and the government uh, basically set up a load of um, temporary training schemes called Youth Opportunity Schemes. YOP schemes or YTS, it was that, yeah, was Yeah, that's it, yeah. I was one of them, and when I sort of... Uh, Jacked in college at South Trafford, following the clash around. I had to get a job, and I got a job with this photographer in altering and wedding photographer on one of these schemes where you got £23.50 a week. Oh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't a massive amount. I suppose it would have been worth about 100 quid now. And I was still living at home then, so, you know, didn't need a lot. Not many overheads. No, no, <laughs> so. Although I would have started getting my first car together, you know. And going out. Yeah, going out. They've been spent on going out, won't yeah. it? That's all you spent your money on those yeah. first few years. <laughs> what a lot of people did after your six month stint, even though you were, you know, a conscientious employee, they just get rid of you and get another one because you know they won't keep you on. No, so, because they have to start paying you a proper wage. That's then. right. Yeah. So it's a bit kind of felt a bit used, really. I mean, basically, all I did was take the photographer's bags round, you know, to people's weddings. <laughs> Help him set his uh, camera up. And do you but, think you learned anything? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I used to do. I used to develop the films in the dark room and learn all about you know cameras. I used to have a Hasselblad camera, which is what the, the one they took to the moon. You know, when they first got there. <laughs> a very very good camera, Swedish. They are like a box shape. I used to have one of them, but it was a time when videos people were starting to have the vi- weddings videoed. 
So we'd have a lot of clobber, you know, and lights and stuff. I was the one who had to cart them around <laughs> to the back of his car. But, yeah, I was still disappointed when he got rid of me, you know, for no... And did you think that perhaps would be the career for you? It could have been easily. Yeah. Yeah, I love photos. I love um, framing a shot, even on your phone. You know, what's in the background. Yeah. If there's something that's not right in the background, like, um, you know, a, a, a dustbin or something, I make sure I move it if I possibly can before I take the picture on the So phone. you've still got that eye, you've still... I think so, yeah. Yeah. But I would have liked that, you know, just travelling around on your own with a camera. Um, be a great life, a bit like a snooker player, you know. Just got a cue, and that's it, and off you go, <laughs> do your stuff. And so, did you get another scheme then? Uh, after that, now I went to work in the green grocers in Altrincham uh, for Brian. I was there about a couple of years, probably. You know, when I was seventeen, I didn't, I didn't get another uh, opportunity, youth opportunity. I think I could have done. I think you could have gone on to an, uh, another one. But I felt, you know, bad about that and just got offered this job in a green grocer's on a Saturday at first. You know, my mates had all come in around the time of the Silver Jubilee, uh, 77, yeah. Because I remember that day, you know. I went from Altrincham, from Brian's to his dad's. That's when I started at the Fishmongers, you see, in Wimsland. Oh, it's the same family? Yeah, same family business. And uh, somebody, in fact, got in touch the other day who also used to work in Wimslow, But after me... But he said, oh, I've heard all about you. <laughs> I hope it was good stuff. I know, yes, yeah, suddenly just dawned on you, wait a minute. But, uh, yeah, at the same time I was working in Wimslow, the Smiths were going sky high, you know, on top of the pops. But I had to have a job, you know, to run my car and pay my expenses. So that's what I did. I suppose they do similar sort of things now, the government, or they did, uh, before the pandemic, you know, taking people on as apprentices. Apprenticeship. Yeah, apprenticeship seems to have come back round, doesn't it? Yeah. As a thing. Yeah, my daughter did one at BBC Radio in Manchester. Yeah. Oh, it's very good, I think, if, if like you say, there's got to be both, it's got to be balanced, hasn't it? Worth it for both sides. Yeah, sure. So for the company to have somebody who can come in and provide skills. And, and learn a little bit. And, but they've yeah. also got to go away and learn. and Yeah, sure. And so, benefit from it. But, uh, yeah, I just felt, you know, like, wow, well, you know, it got rid of me. I did everything he asked of me. So, yeah, so I'm one of the X generation, Jackie. My next X, Jackie, is a song that I co-wrote with Mark, Xmas with Simon. Now, we've been down to a studio called Chipping Norton in Oxfordshire, recording Shift Work, the album, I think, uh, which Grant Showbiz did, produced... I think Craig Leon as well, again, who did Extra K. It was after that one. And uh, basically, I got this little uh, Casio keyboard that somebody brought with them, knocked up this little tune that I played. Mark's, and I think the record company might have wanted some Xmas song, you know. Yeah, I quite like it, actually, having heard it. It's a very cynical look from Mark's point of view of Christmas. Um, so did he? You provided the music. He provided the lyrics. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were play, you were you you've said that you don't read music. No, I don't. So how did you learn to play I the? I played key? it by feel, per- percussively, you know, on the black notes and the minor keys. I just got a rhythm going, you know, with a drum machine uh, underneath it, which I would have set beforehand. And uh, Mark liked it, and it was quite up, you know, quite. Um, it was upbeat, like um. A variety sort of um, 
like it might be on the pier in Blackpool. Oh, okay. Quite jolly. <laughs> like that. And then Mark, you know, raps over the top of it. That was another song that I got a credit off Mark for doing that one. And were you worried to ever take songs to him or was he always quite open to? No, he was always very open, I found, yeah. So you, you, you quite happily said, listen, I've, I've got this, what do you think? Yeah, well, that's how the, um, the song Free Range came about. Same thing, was sat at home with my uh, Yamaha SY55 that he bought me to write songs on with a drum machine separately before computers and uh, knocked up basically the backing track for Free Range, which we then took to, well, we did it twice actually, once in uh, Deacon Blue Studio in Kelvin Grove in Glasgow, Great studio, that was. And then we finally did the version that came out at um, the Dairy in Brixton, I think, another studio. But I prefer the Deacon Blue one that we did, uh, you know, the backing track. But, uh, yeah, that was another one that, uh, you know, I've got a credit on. Same with Cheetah Mill, that was later on. One of mine, you know, the music, I mean. Yeah, and what even, happens with the other lads then? Well, somebody else uh, might get a credit as well, Steve Anley, or it might be Craig, you know, me and Mark. He, he sort of, uh, he made his mind up, you know, after it had been done. And sometimes, as I say, you got dead surprised. Oh, that's nice of him to give me a credit on that. All I did was play drums on it. Yeah, so got quite a few of them with the fall. So he'd work out who he thought was um, quite a major influence on the song itself. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what, that's what would happen a lot of the time which is a great way to go, really. And sometimes you'd think, oh, I deserve to be a, a songwriter on that one, but you wouldn't be, so and, you'd never and, know. And could you not say to him, oi, or was it too late by then? It was just... too late by then, we recorded it, and he'd sent off the, the names of the people who'd written it, you know, to the publishers, before <laughs> he could get in there and question, you know, your part in the songwriting of that song. So, yeah, Xmas with Simon. It brings great memories, you know, of recording that. It was a residential studio again. Mark liked it round there, loads of pubs, you know, oldie worldy in Oxfordshire. Would you tend to be in the pubs in the day and maybe... No, no not us, the band, he would be. Were you not allowed? Well, if you wanted to, but we wanted to crack on and get it done because we only maybe booked it for a week, the studio. We're trying to write an album. We can't be dossing down the pub, can we? <laughs> You've got to get stuck in there and get it, you know, right. And was he a one-take wonder or...? Uh, himself. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, he did do... He's very good at editing, Mark, though, you know. After the fact, very good editor, Mark. He'd be very brutal, you know, with the edits on his vocals. But he's actually quite good at doing that, I think. And could you sit in on the edit? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, if you could be bothered. Because once you'd done your job, they'd send you home because, um, you know, you're paying for hotels and all that stuff. Mark would do it. Sometimes I sat in, you know, in uh, you know mixing sessions, editing sessions. But normally, you know, we'd all drive home, me, Steve and Craig, and then later Dave Bush, you know. We sort of had enough, so I got out of there. Let's get out of this city. <laughs> so, yeah, Xmas with Simon. Well, we must put it on the playlist. Why not? It's coming up to Christmas and it's not long, is it? No. Yeah, all right, yeah. All right, let's add it. Okay. My next X are X-rated films. Which oh. I, yeah, well, I started going very early. Nobody seemed to be bothered, you know, the people at the cinema. 
I went to see The Exorcist, and I'm not sure how old I was, but it must have been about 75, possibly 76. Mm-hmm. I think the film came out in 74. And how old would you have been then? Must have been 13 or 14. Uh, you know, they must have re-shown it, because um, it came out in 74, I do know that, but there was no way they would have let me in there, would they? But nobody was there anyway, going, how old are you? And I used to go to a lot of these X-rated films, uh, including Rollerball, I think, again. I must have gone to the one in either Altrincham, near the bus station, or the one in uh, Altigramma, which is where they film rent a which I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> and gone in there, went to a lot of films in there. You don't remember ever being asked for ID or your age? Never, no, never. Uh, we did get asked to leave once because we were throwing up the ice lollies and sticking on, <laughs> on the ceiling <laughs> during the Saturday matinee. And the, that might have been on Her Majesty's Secret Service as well. George Lazenby. He was like on that one, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't mad on him, to be honest, as a Bond. No. Going back to, uh, you know, who would make a good Bond. But he only did the one, didn't he? So, yeah, um, Nobody stopped you. It was quite horrific, The uh, Exorcist. You know, it still is. I've never seen it. I don't do horror. Right. Well, it's quite, you know, it's quite gruesome in a way. And this is why you're not supposed to let kids in. No, I know. And do you think it affected you? No, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but there's people outside, you know, religious bodies, all picketed, you know. Oh, can you remember that? I remember it in the papers, yeah, for sure. Because, um, you know, it's... I'm trying to exercise this uh, young girl that's got the devil inside her. And it is, it's very, very good. Uh, I'd, I'd watch it. How are you? <laughs> you, don't like, you don't like horror, though? It's not quite sinister. I'd watch it if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't do horror at all because it will stay with me. Right, So okay. I'd rather not know. Right, okay. And then it can't stay with me. You see no. how it works? Yeah. I sure. just like nice, happy, you know, pretend everything's fine, worlds. What was the first film X-rated that you went to? Well, I don't, I can't remember. No? No. Not oh. horror then? No, oh, it definitely wasn't horror. Must have been a romantic one then, I think Jackie. it was. Must have been. What else would it be? Well, I don't think I remember going to see any X-rated films. I remember right. going to see the Pink Panther films when yeah. I was younger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Loved those. Thought yeah, Peter I, Sellers was hilarious. I liked him on the telly, the Pink Panther series. The know? cartoon? Yeah, loved it. <laughs> Rocking up in that weird uh, pink car of his. Oh. Getting out, you know, the doors are like gullwing doors. Just uh, uh, moseying on in there, you know, into the Chinese theatre to watch his premiere or whatever it was. Yeah, I liked him. And I remember going to see Gremlins. I was on a first date with a boy called Darren. Right. And it was packed, yeah. the cinema, and the girl on the other side of him put her hand on his knee. Oh. <laughs> and he got he got really nervous, so he, he said to me, because it was our first date. He, he didn't know it. <laughs> no. And um, so he said to me, will you swap seats with me? So I had to swap seats with him because he was getting too nervous. Right, Because he thought, what's going on here, lady? I remember once being in America um, and I went, with um, a friend that I met over there. It was empty and I seen a rat, you know, run across our, our legs <laughs> in Washington, D.C., I think, somewhere oh, like that. No, that's <laughs> awful. So that was a bit horrific for her, you know what I mean? What the hell's that? <laughs> it's just scuttled off you know, to the end of the row. There's only about four people in the old theatre. 
What were you watching? Can you remember? I was recording now. Um, I can't remember what it was. It must have been in the 80s, though. I like cinemas, you know. I really do. I love the whole experience of it. I mean, they're all modern ones now, aren't they? You know, it's quadraphonic sound. I know, but that's even better. Nice seats. You know those seats that you can lean back in? Yeah, I like them. Yeah, Yeah, I do. They've got new ones now, haven't they, around? You know, there's one in Altrincham where you get a meal and all that brought to you, you know, your seats. There's a little tray and you can put your glass of wine on it. I've not been to it yet. Because there's one in the Heatons, isn't there? Right, that's right. Yeah, it's the Savoy. That's really good. I'll have to try it out when all this blows over. <laughs> yeah. No, I just think it's a nicer experience. It's really... Yeah. And it's the old-fashioned ticket machines. There's one in the one in Wilmslow now, opposite where you used yeah, to work. Yeah, where Molly Sugden used to road test her plays. That's right. That's one. That's lovely. Is it? Like yeah, that? I went to see Judy, you know, the Judy Garland film. Oh, yeah. Went to see that there. Um, and do they come with, um, like, waitress service? You no, know I mean? Simon, they don't. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that was the idea. <laughs> no, but you can buy, you know, you can buy a glass of wine and you can buy something to eat and there's a little tray next to you and put all your things can you, on can it. Can you eat it off a plate while you sat there watching the film? No. No, okay. <laughs> so I don't know what idea you've got. Just stay at home and watch it on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> Cheaper, isn't it? Well, it really is, but it's not the experience But sometimes after. it's worth it, you know, the money to see a good film. I think so, on the big screen. Yeah. And sometimes that's where you have to see them. Yeah, you for do. For all the effects. Yeah, you notice more going on, don't you? Yeah. I go to home, well, I did do quite a lot. Lou had a season ticket, but uh, obviously the, the things put paid to that. Hasn't it? But yeah, X-rated films. I think that was the first one I saw. And, uh, well, you just couldn't do it now, could you? No, quite right. Because they lose the licence. Um, I don't know what they're called now, um, you know, the equivalent. Is I think they just say over 18s. Over 18s, is it? Yeah. But there used to be one for young, you know, very small kids. About That's right. 10. You. Was you, that was right. Yeah. And what was the one in, in, the, in the middle? And then there was a PG. Right, we had to be how old? I think about 15, do you think? Right, possibly, yeah. Um, but I don't know what they've got now, just probably, you know, 18 and kids' ones. Too much, you know, messing about, aren't there? Yeah, I don't know who um, does the censorship, whether it's a panel of people. Um, was it that bar? I think it is a board, isn't it? Is it? I think it's a board. Still, you have yeah. to, yeah. They all decide. And there's know. certain elements of it because they'll tell you, won't they? If there's sex, violence, references to drugs, things like that. They've sure. got quite a few different categories. Is she in the censorship panel, Barbara Woodhouse? Remember? Her? Didn't she look after dogs? Oh, I'm getting confused. There was another <laughs> one that was very vocal about, you know. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yes, you're TV. thinking about um, Mary Woodhouse. Mary Whitehouse. Mary Whitehouse. Similar, aren't they? Similar names. Very similar characters, I think. The, yeah. the, there was no fun to be had by anyone. No, no. <laughs> Bit of a uh, old stick, stick in the mud, wouldn't you? Okay, we're going to need a soundtrack for the letter X. What have you got? The first one, Xmas with Simon. By the fall, which I co-wrote, and I get it out you know, and play it every year, <laughs> just before Christmas. The second one, B-52's Rock Lobster. Third one, Specials Do Nothing. Next one is The Colour Field, Thinking of You. And one more, The Pretenders, Back on the Chain Gang. Great. Okay, well, we'll see you next time. You will do. Bye for now.
This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadar Media Limited. Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecroft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size, A to Z of Manchester. Thank you.